Brick Town, Oklahoma City. A museum here tells the story of the only real, truly American musical instrument. It wasn't just developed here. It was born through the struggle for freedom and tells the story of our country through its percussive draw, its rapid-fire playing style, its expressive and exquisite construction. I'm Jason Epperson, and this is the See America podcast. From coast to coast, we see America one mile at a time, discovering stops along the way that are eclectic, historic, ridiculous, breathtaking, inspiring, and humbling. This week, the American Banjo Museum in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. This great destination is brought to you by Road Trippers, America's number one road trip planning app. Road Trippers helps people discover the world around them in an entirely new way by streamlining discovery, planning, booking, and navigation. Plan your unique journey at roadtrippers.com, then use the app as your ultimate travel guide and navigator. Adventure doesn't come from the fastest route. Start exploring at roadtrippers.com. If you're a frequent traveler, at some point you learned or will learn a lesson that opens up a whole new world of possibilities. After you're versed in travel, you begin to look outside of the normal, outside of the typical tourist traps and insta favorites. You stop judging places based on your preconceived notions and open your eyes to the world around you. I really do think every traveler goes through this at some point on their journey. A light bulb moment where you realize that there are special things to be found everywhere, even in places that you never had an interest in exploring in the first place. Today's episode is about one of those places. If you're here because you love banjos, good for you, but I'm betting you're probably not. I visited this museum on a whim with my three boys as a dad-son outing because, well, it would be something different. It was. I had no aversion to banjos or banjo music, but no real affinity for them either. No reason to step foot in this place. But I'm glad I did. Forged inside every banjo is the history of America. Something I never would have known, nor would my boys, had we not visited. Before we begin, let's be clear on what we're talking about. The banjo is a stringed instrument with a thin membrane stretched over a frame or a cavity to form a resonator. The body or pot of a modern banjo typically consists of a circular rim made of wood or metal was also common on older banjos and a tensioned head similar to a drum head. Traditionally, the head was made from animal skin, but today it's often made from various synthetic materials. Most modern banjos also have a metal tone ring assembly that helps further clarify and project the sound. The banjo is usually tuned with friction tuning pegs or planetary gear tuners rather than the worm gears used on guitars. Frets have become standard since the late 19th century, though fretless banjos are still manufactured and played by those wishing to execute glissando or play quarter tones or otherwise achieve the sound and feeling of early playing styles. Modern banjos are typically strung with metal strings. Usually the fourth string is wound with either steel or bronze phosphor alloy. Some players may string their banjos with nylon or gut strings to achieve a more mellow old-time tone, 
and the modern banjo comes in a variety of forms, including four and five string versions, and a six string version tuned to play like a guitar has recently gained popularity. Along with the fiddle, the banjo is a mainstay of American old time music and then traditional jazz, but it's also been featured in everything from rock to pop to classical music, and of course, Southern bluegrass and country music where it's thrived. With the history of the banjo, here's Abigail Trebue. Modern banjo's origins begin in West Africa, from instruments that are thought to have been in use in the Caribbean since the 17th century by enslaved people. The name may derive from a traditional Afro-Caribbean folk dance called Banya, which incorporates several cultural elements found throughout the African culture. Early African-Americans began to add Western-style fingerboards and pegs to the string and gourd-type instrument of their culture. These instruments had varying numbers of strings, often including some form of drone. The earliest known picture of an enslaved person playing a banjo-like instrument from the 1790s depicts a four-string instrument with its fourth string shorter than the others. Banjo playing began to circulate and develop among people living in slavery, with many teaching their masters to play. By the 1830s, minstrel shows were in their heyday, in which mostly white musicians performed songs and skits in blackface, often with a banjo in hand. Joel Walker Sweeney, a minstrel performer from Virginia, was taught to play by enslaved people. Sweeney became the first white performer to play the banjo on stage. He moved the instrument away from homemade folk instruments by encouraging a Baltimore drum maker named William Boucher to make banjos commercially for Sweeney to sell. Sweeney replaced the gourd with a sound box made of wood and covered with skin and added a short fifth string. Sweeney's group, the American Virginia Minstrels, introduced banjos to Britain where they became very popular in music halls. The banjo grew in popularity during the 1840s. It was estimated in 1866 that there were probably 10,000 banjos in New York City. The instrument became a part of medicine shows, Wild West shows, variety shows, circuses, and traveling vaudeville shows. Servicemen on both sides of the Civil War passed the time with the banjo and were exposed to it on their travels. By the early 20th century, there was a push to turn the raucous poor man's banjo into respectability. Musicians made an effort to elevate the instrument or make it more artistic by bringing it to a more sophisticated level of technique and repertoire based on European standards. The banjo became more acceptable as an instrument of fashionable society, and the music changed to fit the class of people listening. Banjo innovation continued. With increased use of metal parts, exotic wood, raised metal frets, and a tone ring that improved the sound. Instruments were designed in a variety of sizes and pitch ranges, including banjarines and piccolo banjos. It now had polished sides and looked at home in any respectable orchestra. And the fifth string was dropped in favor of the four string variety. 
The instrument became ornately decorated in the 1920s to be visually exciting to a theater audience. Necks were shortened to handle new steel strings, which were strummed with a pick instead of fingers. The country was turning away from European classics, preferring the upbeat and carefree feel of jazz. The changes in the banjo also made it louder, which was perfect for dance music and ragtime. The banjo could now play along with louder reed instruments like the clarinet. But shortly, the Great Depression would mark a sharp decline in banjo sales. Not only was it harder for people to afford a well-crafted instrument, music changed to reflect the times. The banjo was dead. It wouldn't be until after World War II that it would be heard from again. Learning to play a fingerstyle in the Appalachians from musicians who never stopped playing the banjo, Pete Seeger sparked a movement in folk music. And Earl Scruggs developed a lightning-fast picking technique for the five-string banjo that he perfected in rural North Carolina and popularized on the stage of the Grand Ole Opry. The banjo became incredibly popular again and enjoyed America's new explosion of different styles of music. It became popular in bluegrass and then modern jazz, Celtic and Irish music, big bands, folk, and even rock. And finally, black performers who would begin to reclaim the banjo for their own with the birth of the blues. The American Banjo Museum is a part of Oklahoma City's vibrant Bricktown District, where you can experience lots of fantastic food and entertainment. In fact, OKC might be one of those places that's not on your radar as a travel destination. But I'm here to tell you that mid-sized cities are going through a renaissance and they're competing hard for your tourism dollars. Oklahoma City is one of the best with lots of adventuring fun. When you enter the Banjo Museum, your journey begins with an interpretive exhibit that introduces you to the evolution of the banjo, beginning with its humble roots in American slavery in the mid-1600s. In the 1840s, when the banjo began its gradual shift away from being an exclusively handmade folk instrument, ingenious experiments in banjo design set the stage for all banjos which were to follow. The first large section of banjos in the museum will introduce you to some of the exquisite craftsmanship that banjos would become known for. Then there's the classic era exhibit featuring banjos as they began to lean towards a serious instrument for classical music. My favorite exhibit, however, features the flamboyant banjos that came out of the jazz age. Their whimsical and masterful construction is a sight to behold. Then there's the bluegrass period following World War II and the folk period of the 50s and 60s. Overall, there are about 400 banjos on display at the museum. Plus, there's a performance hall modeled after one of the wildly popular banjo nightclubs of the 60s known as Your Father's Mustache. The museum features regular performances and events in this upstairs venue. And finally, as you exit the museum, there's my kid's favorite exhibit, the Learning Lounge. In this room, the museum provides banjos for you to play and video lessons from experts. It's not something you'd expect in a place like this. It was a huge hit with Jack, Ethan, and Henry. I even enjoyed a go.
The American Banjo Museum is open Tuesday through Saturday, 11 to 6, and Sunday noon to 5. Admission is $8 per adult. This episode of the Sea America podcast was hosted by me, Jason Epperson, with narration by Abigail Trebu. If you like the show, we'd love a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We'd also like to invite you to follow the Sea America podcast on Instagram and Facebook and join the Sea America Facebook group where we chat about some of America's greatest road trip destinations. If you're a national park lover, we hope you'll also check out the America's National Parks podcast and come listen to Abigail and me talk about our life on the road with our three boys on the RV Miles podcast. This great destination was brought to you by Road Trippers, America's number one road trip planning app. Plan your unique journey at roadtrippers.com, then use the app as your ultimate travel guide and navigator. Adventure doesn't come from the fastest route. Start exploring at roadtrippers.com. Thank you.